Now here's the man that needs no introduction. Hey everybody, it's uh, Jim here. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hey everybody, it's uh, Jim here. I've always wanted to do this. Hey everybody, it's uh, Jim here. What's your connection to Parkinson's disease? Hey everybody, it's uh, Jim here. Ah, sorry, that's my foot. I'll do better next time. Hey everybody, it's Jim here. Uh, it's great to have you back. I'm very excited and grateful uh, today to learn a little bit more about today's guest. I, I met him briefly last year in uh, in Victoria when we started uh, the Spinning Wheels Tour ride. He lives in North Saanich and uh, is, is has been uh, gracious enough to join us again. Andy Robinson, thank you very much. No problem. Pleasure. Uh, uh, so, Andy, let's jump right into it. Uh, tell Tell us about your Parkinson's journey. Okay, uh, nine years in from my diagnosis, I think um, I, a lot of people on reflection after they get diagnosed r recognize that they had a lot of, or not a lot, but several symptoms for a long time beforehand, like they may have lost their sense of smell or something like that. I, I don't think I had any of those things. I, I um, The year before I was diagnosed, I had a frozen shoulder and in the, in the summer of 2013 and then in the fall my gait started to feel weird and um and i got a bit of a tremor and so i went to see my gp in march of um 2014 and then to a neurologist and was diagnosed in sort of the summer just about 10 years or nine years ago exactly um and um it was relatively um easy to deal with for the first few years that my neurologist that, uh, who i won't name but he was he was quite reluctant to give me levodopa or cinnamon. Um so he tried me on some other things for a while. And I, I think I lost a couple of years of better quality of life actually to a degree because I would once I I switched to a movement disorder specialist and she started giving me um, started me more on on cinnamon. I I think it, it's been better for sure. I've been able to do more. I've been more motivated. First couple of years in particular, I wasn't very motivated to do very much. Uh, I guess they say you get a, a lot of people get a five year kind of um, holiday when you start, when you first get it. And I, I probably got that to some degree. And I think uh, things have been getting worse over the last couple of years. I'm, I'm taking pills more frequently. I've got more dyskinesia, as you can see. Um, not all the time, but um, but some of the time for sure. But I'm still able to do, um, you know, pretty intensive exercise and, uh, Ride my bike um, and stay involved in the in the community. Um, we have a pretty good local organization, Parkinson's um, Wellness Projects, and uh, they they have a good facility and lots of programs. And I'm on the board of that, which which is also good. Um, so yeah, it's been I haven't had any sort of big um, progressions or anything. It's just been gradual that things have you know slowly gotten worse and. A little bit more difficult to manage. Yeah, right. I mean, I think uh, I'm eight years in, right? And I would say that uh, I, we have a lot of parallels in that. Uh, after my first neurologist meeting, the uh, the parting advice I got was, uh, hey, you should eat some blueberries. I hear, I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. And again, I, I mean, guys trying to help me, and I, I, yeah. I sincerely appreciate that. I, I was hoping for a little bit more. Uh, than, than eat blueberries. Um, how long was it, uh, like before your diagnosis, uh, what kind of exercising were you doing? 
Not all that much, to be honest. I've been working um, a fairly, yeah, fairly busy job up until 2012 when I retired, and I did some consulting after that. So I, I, I did some exercise, did some skiing and some, um, um, some walking, but I hadn't really done any kind of very intensive things I'd, uh, for quite a while. I had done quite a bit in the past. That's uh, that was quite. I'd done quite a bit of bike riding, and I did a couple of triathlons and a bit of running and that. Kind Kind of stuff but but i hadn't done very much for the previous probably five or six years so mm -hmm. so i've done okay. quite a lot more since um since i was diagnosed for sure okay yeah so tell me about that that lifestyle change and exercise uh, yeah, well, after that your was, diagnosis so that was um from the reading i did and from what people the doctors told me that that they said that seemed to be the one thing that slowed the progression was was exercise I've struggled a little bit with what to do um, because of the reading I've done um, is a bit inconclusive or it, it sort of mentions a lot of things that might work. And then the studies you look at, there's, there's 15 people that they tested for, you know, three months or something like that. So, so I've, um, I have relied on some classes that PWP put on, puts on that are sort of geared for um, Parkinson's people and are based on some, um, I think science about um, the kind of movements that help and balance that help and that kind of stuff and and definitely bike riding uh, has been my the most um, the mo the thing I've done the most over the last few years and and that's been good but I, I definitely study with uh, suffer from motivating motivation problems sometimes um, um, so. Um, but I, and I go on a bit of cycles during the year, but like the end of the summers, usually I'm in pretty good shape every year. And then it sort of tails off a bit over the winter. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much me uh, as well. You know, by the end of the summer, I, at least I think so. I think I'm in pretty decent shape. And then well, you, winter, yeah. you're in pretty good, decent shape. <laughs> and thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, and then the winter hits, and by the time spring starts up again, it's like I feel like I'm starting. I mean, not probably not, but I feel like I'm starting all over again. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, one more journey, uh, for sure. And uh, so, Andy, where has your your bike taken you? Uh, uh, you know, either pre or or post diagnosis. What's one of the 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 coolest or or most intense rides you've done? Um, well, when I was 40, before, well, before I was diagnosed, I rode from Victoria to, to Calgary um, via, um, via the Yellowhead and Jasper and, and um, the Icefields Parkway. So that was my, by far my most ambitious ride. Um, and I did that mostly by, well, about half by myself and half with somebody else. So and I, you know, I was on a mountain bike with all my tents and everything. So that was, that was a, yeah, that was a challenge. Well, I guess so. Holy smokes. I mean, so, I mean, you know, for those of you who are geographically, that's the Rocky Mountains. And uh, you went up, you went up and down them on a mountain bike, carrying all of your stuff. That's that, my friend, is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, well, well done. So I, didn't, I, didn't some, I, didn't, uh, I did some shorter, I did the Kettle Valley Railway line, which is runs through um, in the Okanagan. Yep. Um, and that was that, that's not nearly as far, but um, but it was kind of gravel and and that was fun to do. It was before it was fully developed, so it was it was a little bit more interesting and a few short rides here and there. Hey, you know what? I rode like Steve and I last year rode the part of the Kettle Valley Rail Trail, 
Oh, did you? Uh, and uh, and so. And here's the ever popular segment, Jim's Spinning Wheels Tour Flashback. So Steve was on a Steve borrowed Mike's gravel bike, and I was on my my road bike, and that was like a hundred and ten kilometers of torture uh going through that one so credit credit to you for getting that one done and uh wow because for as beautiful as it is that was one tough ride yeah did you climb out of the okanagan up to the oh to be honest i'd like yeah oh so no we when we climbed out of the okanagan it was up a soyos right so how many times you know, well, you mentioned the Parkinson's Wellness Project in Victoria, and we're big fans of them yeah. here at the Spinning Wheels uh, Parkinson's Conversation podcast. Tell me a little bit more about what you can do if you're in the Victoria area. Tell, tell me a little bit about them, please. Um, so they have um, a pretty good array of classes. Excuse me. They do um, strength strength classes. Um, we have a, a physio who's a who's – a, um, uh, associated with us that has a, their own program um which is sort of designed to help with strength and learn about falling she has her own like room in the facility which is a three inch padded floor so you can actually practice falling and doing stuff like that which is, sounds kind of goofy but i i've actually got the scars to attest that it works because i fell down playing pickleball the other day so oh, yeah. I, I think I think the rolling that you learn probably helped me a little bit in that. Um, so so those are sort of specialized classes, and then there's a rock steady boxing. We do a couple of classes of that. We have some dance classes, um, yoga classes. Um, I think I'm missing some. That's actually a singing class, I think. And we do have some um, occasional one-off language speaking classes to help mm -hmm. people. Um, but there's, yeah, we, we're still not maybe fully ramped up, but we, we kind of balance the, you know, the budget against the, the, dem the demand and stuff like that. So we can't offer everything all the time, but the place is getting more and more used. And I think one of the other big benefits is that we have kind of a living room that we call it, which is kind of a waiting area that's just casually furnished. And a lot of people come early and stay late and hang out. And there's a lot of um, information exchanged at those um discussions just informally which i think really help people and if people if people are having a bad day they can often get a bit of support because it's nice to have somebody there who who kind of knows what you're going through a little bit uh, totally but I mean, the whole point of spinning wheels tour right was the the benefit of exercise and helping your parkinson's symptoms and mm -hmm. the the benefit of community and 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 bringing everybody together and that's yeah. just, I mean, it seems what the Parkinson's Wellness Project is doing, right? I love the idea of having that open, you know, common room or living room where people just get to hang out and talk about what they're doing uh, after their class or pre-class. I think it's, it's. I mean, the social aspect of it is is in many ways just as important as the physical aspect. Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. The decision was taken to not charge so that nobody would be denied access. So that means we rely on donations primarily for our funding. We do get some money from from government grants here and there, but we don't have a steady source of grant money. So we've 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 been sort of lucky that we've had um, we we had a big donation um, to start with that sort of got it up and running, and then we've we've had some fairly big legacy giving you know bequests, um, which are you know you can't really count on. 
um, but have helped us. So that, that we're really aiming to get the participants and families and, and the community to, to pay for most of the programming by, by donations. And we're, we're probably at about 75%, 80%, something like that, but we're, we're not, we're still having to, we're going to still have to ramp up, um, the, the, the donation, the charitable giving. And, but we do, I mean, I know I see people there that don't have very much money and probably couldn't afford it if we had to charge what any, anywhere close to what it was to what it cost to put these courses on. So I think we're on the right track, but we'll, we'll see. Okay. So any, I mean, like if anyone wanted to check out Parkinson's wellness project and maybe, you know, help them out financially, like $5 to 5 million, what, uh, yeah. how do they, how do they do that? Um, probably the easiest is to go to the website, Parkinson's, Parkinson's Wellness Projects, and there's a donate button right on the front page. So. Okay, so we'll make sure that we put that uh, in the a, a link to uh, the Parkinson's That'd Wellness Projects and stuff, and, and hopefully, uh, because you're right, I mean, it's being able to keep it financially viable so that everybody has a way to live better, regardless of how much money they have, is crucial in in fighting this disease right it's you can't tell me that somebody doesn't deserve to get an exercise class just because they can't afford the money they still have the same symptoms uh yeah. that i have right I yeah agree. yeah so and i agree i'm so happy uh actually that you you talked about that and i'm so happy to hear the parkinson wellness projects offers their classes for free i think that's that's crucial and i think as a society we need to stand up or step up and help everybody who's trying to make this go uh, to give them a little, I mean, you know, we, we keep on talking about it, right? But Parkinson's disease is set to double uh, by 2040. And Canada is the, has the highest per capita rate of Parkinson's in the world. So this is here. And yeah. this is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast to, uh, you know, like espouse the benefits of, exercise and community uh, and to let people you know it's an awareness campaign to make sure that people know what's happening and uh yeah, I, think and, I mean we do have some really good examples of people who who were well some people that have been you know freshly diagnosed who the doctors maybe pointed them towards us to pwp and and they come in and they maybe haven't exercised for some people almost ever in their lives and they, they just find the whole prospect very daunting that they have to exercise and they have to change their lifestyle a lot. And then they, they come in and they're welcomed and they start slowly. And, you know, within six months, we've got people coming five or six days a week and, and feeling better than they've probably felt for years. And um, that's, you know, not hundreds of people like that, but definitely enough examples that it makes you want to keep going for sure. Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. So Andy, you're nine years into your uh, Parkinson's diagnosis, right? I'm eight years in. Whether you've been in for nine days or nine years or, or 20 years, what, what advice would you give to people with Parkinson's? Like, what should we be doing to help ourselves out? Uh, well, I think, I think there is um, an element of self-management required in this disease because everybody has so many different symptoms and they come and go at different times. So I think you, you don't need to become a scientist, but you, you need to understand, I think, the basics of what's going, of you know, how the disease works and what you can do to help yourself. Um, and I think um, also it's, it's good um, to get involved in, in research projects as a, as a participant, if you can, because that you learn 
quite a bit about what's going on in the in the field and also it's it just i think is um makes you feel like you're doing something positive to contribute to the final you know the overall solution when it eventually arises Hey everybody, it's Jim here. Just want to uh, thank Andy Robinson again for coming on uh, the Spinning Wheels Parkinson's Conversations podcast. What uh, you know? What met Andy briefly last year, but he's a guy in his community who's doing what he can, right? Both for himself and his family, and for other people with Parkinson's. And uh, right, it takes takes everybody uh, pulling in the same direction to make a difference. And Andy is definitely one of those guys pulling in the in the right direction. So we look forward to having him on again. Also like to thank uh, Mike Logren back in Toronto, making everyone sound uh, and look as good as they can. He's got a hard job uh, and uh, I don't make it any, uh, any easier on him, but uh, I appreciate all of his efforts. So thank you once again, Mike. We'll, uh, you know what, we'll uh, drop, drop a line in again, right? We're coming back to you next week with a, with a different guest. Parkinson's conversations are so important, and we're going to keep on having them. Thanks, everybody. His first comments was, it tastes awful. And, um, you know, that maybe that works for cough syrup, but uh, it shouldn't be the case for tea. So PDT tastes nice. Spinning Wheels, Parkinson's Conversations with Jim here is brought to you in part by PDT, the healing power of tea applied to Parkinson's. Learn more at pdt.com. Spinning Wheels, Parkinson's Conversations with Jim here is a podcast produced by Jim Redman and Mike Logren. This podcast is not intended to replace the assistance of your personal medical professionals and should not be relied upon for medical advice. For more information, go to spinningwheelstour.ca.